and you're listening to The Seventh Reel. This week, Operation Avalanche, a 2016 film directed by Canuck Matt Johnson. What? So, this was my pick to... You know, Canadian Canuck. I've never that, heard is, Canuck is that, before. What the hell is that? Well, that's because you. That's well. Well, that's is. It wouldn't be part of your colonizer vocabulary, but well, you're in the Commonwealth now. <laughs> you did colonize us. Yeah. Well, so did the French. Yeah. Well, anyways, well, this. What did you guys think of this? Oh, I should give a little background for those because I think believe this is a more. This is, this is a very underseen film. This is a 2016 mockumentary slash found footage film about how a group of CIA agents fake the moon landing, but what it's actually about is a, it's it's a love letter to cinema and to filmmaking. Anyways, what do you guys think? I thought it was a lot of fun. I've, I was enjoyed this quite a bit. I went in expecting a lot less because it's like heavy on the premise. Because you know, because it's all it's recommended. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but you know how I like when a movie's like its premise is so you know essential to. To selling it that you're kind of like yes going in to be like okay well i get the gimmick and then what else but this had like a lot inside of the central whole period piece and uh found footage thing that was fun like it was really funny at times when he's listening in on his friends like it's very funny it's very funny at times, yeah. I, I just, I love that scene when he's listening in on his, the phone call and he's like, we, we've been bugged, we've been bugged, what is that, what's yeah. in your phone? Uh, <laughs> stuff like that, it was uh, it was funny and Ar- Arvin, I know you're fond of the, the chase scene, that was super exciting. Yes, uh, I love that, that was, I'm trying to find the exact bu- budget for this film, but I'm pretty sure he made this for nothing. Well- when and I looked at it, it said it's estimated a million. That, that, yeah, he made this with nothing. That's not um, nothing. You could make a film with $20. I mean, there's the the large, uh, what's it called, lunar thing that they built. Yeah, they do actually have to. He, I love how it's like, it's a movie about them trying to fake the moon landing, but it's also him as like an indie filmmaker. Yeah. It's like, how do you do it? Like, and it's, there's this, yeah, it's, it's a, it's almost like this conversation back and forth about how do you accomplish artistic vision and how much of like, um, how much of that is actually valid when, you know, if if it's supposed to be a lie. Oh yeah. Did you like the Kubrick stuff? The guy they got for Kubrick looks so much like him. No, that's because that's Kubrick. No, it isn't. Because that's Kubrick. Yeah, but then how was Matt Johnson though? Because he edited, he edited himself in and I'm pretty sure when he, he, no, when he went to London, that's why he used his real name. So he could actually film himself going into these locations. So what? Um, this isn't real. No, it's uh, some of it is because yeah, he doesn't the have 60s. the money. So the, the scene, all the scene, it's not in the sixties, but and Kubrick is dead. One million budget went to building the time machine. But the woman, that's that's what mainly. <laughs> so I think how they like they they basically snuck into no NASA way. to film this. <laughs> And they snuck into no, they did, they did. There's an article like I remember him like because that's what that's what like I find really fascinating about this movie is the reason why he uses real name is so he can pretend actually pretend he they are film students mm. going in to make interviews. That's how he they that's how they got into Kubrick Studio in London. So the woman in the beginning mm. when they, uh, the woman who meets them outside the studio, I'm pretty sure that's ADR. He's like Mr. Kubrick will be there because you don't because mm. they say that all with her back hit back turned to where's the camera. But I'm pretty sure they got into film the studio some of the 
maybe some of the 2001 set like by pretending to Wait, be a film crew but they're not really pretending so so the 2001 set is still up in his like uh whatever i'm not sure but but it's some part of the studio he did go to Hugh kubrick's actual studio like he, he snuck in not really sneak in but he just invited himself in by you know but he, they didn't tell they, he, well he, he just didn't divulge the fact that this is part of his movie and then he he has this Matt Johnson also has a separate show that's set in Toronto and one one part the show's characters also played by himself and the guy who plays Owen in this they all share the same names they have to crash a film premiere so they instead he crashed his own film premiere of this particular film Operation Avalanche so he's very, it's, it's just this um, he's a very resourceful filmmaker and he use use anything in any situation to kind of tell the story that he wants to tell up and up like even even up to like to the extent of sabotaging his own yeah. films like premiere to get shots for his tv show it's great anyways i was trying to i was trying to think about like what's why i think the found footage element is also like a budgetary concern but it also works so well in terms of the story how did you guys feel about the genre shift like towards the third like the third act of the film sure. what genre shift like when the parrot when it starts becoming less fun in game oh when it comes like death i really thought that guy who was running into the car was the mm-hmm. the guy who hangs himself oh no 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 that's his friend but i thought it looked just like him <laughs> when he was running into did you the like the, the paranoia well i mean it justified in the end so it kind of ruins that i didn't care for the whole like shift into it being like oh they're killing them off i would have been fine if this was just a light like comedy of them <laughs> being like i see yeah it yeah. could have worked both ways i i i thought that was that was the most ambitious part is that he wanted to make this not just it could i think if he stuck with mm, the comedy yeah. that would have probably be the safer route but to go for that element of reality of like oh no of course if, yeah. America, if the cia is you know doing this dirty work they will want to cover of course they will want to cover it up and yeah uh as soon as you start seeing the men in the background and they, and i love how they discover that through referencing their own footage and so much of the film feels so contained and uh, yeah, the medium is part of the story. Sorry, I, I watched this film when I was when it first came out in like twenty when we were we were when we were still in UTM. Anyways, uh, I this Matt Johnson is a from, he's I think he's what from Mississauga. He doing yeah. now? Yeah. And I find that to be um I I, I don't know I really don't know. He I is wish being I, hopefully a good citizen and social uh, distancing and respecting all the lockdown rules, unlike many people oh, who don't. Oh, it's Nirvana, mm. the band, the show. That's the same that, guy. That, oh, the show. Okay, I'll check it. Yeah, out. you should watch it. I think you'll like it. If you like the, if you like some of the humor in this, the you'll humor love my favorite like, part. The humor That's in that. what sold this movie to me. I found uh, I found it really mm -hmm. funny that he also like uh, becomes friends with the other guy, the, the guy who is like a hard yes. ass, and, like from NASA or from CIA. Yeah, yeah, that's what I loved. That I was like, oh, this is so nice. It's it's kind of a good buddy movie, like except that one of them dies mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. it, until. Until it gets too real, which is what I like so much about it. It's like, oh, at one point you can't run away from it anymore. And I, I, how much of that has to do with, you know, his feelings of like perhaps creating a, a personal work and having it taken away by producers or prop, like, you know, packaged in to, or commercialized in like a more great grander sense. Because if this movie is about filmmaking and a letter to and a love letter to filmmaking, then you know, maybe channeling this paranoia, anxiety mm -hmm. in like a greater context. 
rather than just yeah. being pursued by CIA agents. I didn't get how they know what zero gravity looks like. Because if no one's been to space, no, how people they... have been to space, but not to the well, moon. They, can, they have been to space at that point. Not just not in the moon. They they have yeah, but, them in like yeah, but the gravity will be different on the moon. Like they yeah, can but they guess kinda, that. They would. But they, they don't know. They can how. guess that. Yeah. But we don't know how either. I mean, we do because we've I think seen it. Like... But like at this point, they haven't seen it. No one's been to the moon. Have we seen it? <laughs> We're not perpetuating because conspiracy theories, right? My issue with them is that one leads to another. Is that you start off not thinking the moon landing happened, then you turn into like what a Hitler didn't die and whatever, and then you end up being an anti-vaxxer. Like it's just. That's true. I don't like it's, it. It is a slippery slope. The only thing that surprised me was that I I, w- I knew I knew the facts, but I just never put them together. That yeah, the moon landing was sixty nine, and the space odyssey came out in sixty eight, and I was like, wow, wow, okay, I can yeah. see why those people would like put that and that together and be like, you must have done that. Put yeah, that together and go like. And if you watch a Space yeah. Odyssey again, it's not like, you know, <laughs> it's good, but it's not like super convincing. <laughs> Yusuf, you just marked the death of our podcast. The moment they heard you said that, like, like the Twitter mob yeah, will come absolutely. after you. I mean, what did you say about Kubrick? I saw it in cinemas <laughs> when it first came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like a 50... <laughs> Yeah. Of no, I saw it in, in uh, the light box as well, like on, on film or seventy millimeter or whatever, and it's it's really good, but it's not like I wouldn't watch it and be like, wow, this is a documentary. So a lot of people, when I went to see it, they left halfway through because it was like an intermission. It was this was in Ireland, so mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the Irish or what. Was this with your friend who was reading? And yeah. the person I went with. <laughs> Yes, yeah, they were reading when watching. I wanted to stop them. Oh, the sh- we're gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> beep her name. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Is it uh, beep? Yes, yeah, so Fifty Shades of Grey or something. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, she did read that. Said it was though. like fan fiction for something. <laughs> Yeah, it was fan fiction. It was that's definitely hilarious. That's too. That's too Incredible. funny to be real. I just can't. <laughs> but uh, sad. I saw it three times in theaters. But it's interesting actually, just seeing pe- different people's reactions to it. Back to this movie. Sorry. Yeah. So I, <laughs> the Kubrick stuff is really interesting because you can tell he's obviously a huge fan of Kubrick. He has the Lolita poster. Um, he literally does like syncs himself up to with Doctor Strange Glove, Strange Love when he's like quoting it over the phone. That was so good. I was like, I, I was like, oh, that's very. Real. Do you think this is like him being like a big fan of Kubrick, uh, or or because it fits with the plot? of the movie or both i think both because it's like it happened he obviously loves kubrick and he loves filmmaking Mm -hmm. like filmmaking is the real subject here i think like the the subjectivity and the passion that you can put into it um yeah i think it's yeah he's he's big fan of kubrick and he can why not leverage this story like the concept is good enough like why not Mm -hmm. add this extra element of like yes um cinephilia (laughs) i love how everybody in the film consistently calls him an idiot and dumbass and thinks his plans don't work Uh, and obvious he's also obviously way in above his head all of that is deeply relatable (laughs) I was like, oh, he's an idiot. He just likes this. I don't understand how the CIA is totally blase. (laughs) Everything he is doing. They're like, yeah, yeah, fine. Because they know, because they know that, because he's an idiot. I think that's because like he's an idiot, and his friend. Oh, that's why they murk his friend first. Yeah, but how did he even get into like, the CIA? 
And why would you yeah, even true. want to? <laughs> Don't wonder. <laughs> well, back in those days, it's it seems it's still pretty honorable to work in government, I suppose. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they're always recruiting. Yeah, that's because his friend is the one. I love that scene when he goes like, "Oh, your friend's the one who's been oh, calling yeah, the boss yeah. each day, telling him to call to call you off." And that and and that's what kind of got him killed is because he's showing too much paranoia. He's showing too much doubt. But why did he keep reporting him and trying to get him off it? Because he, he doesn't want to do it. I think he just doesn't see it as working. He sees it as too dangerous. Wait, no. So was he? I thought he was trying to get. Wait, what's his name? Matthew, Matt, Matt. 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 He's yeah. trying to get him off it, or he's just trying to get himself off it. Yeah, he he's trying to get him off it. Yeah. So then, what's that got to do with him not wanting to do it? Because he does. That's also because he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, but if he doesn't want to do, why would you get rid of the main guy who's doing it? Because he's the one leading the. He's the one leading the mission. He's the one like in charge. I guess he was technically just trying to get he's the, his I idea. just I didn't really get the significance of mm. that. No, because his friend's trying to undermine and sa- like potentially sabotage him. But that's also due to the fact that I th- he, the, his friend recognizes that they are way in above their but heads. But I still and... don't get why. Why can't he just be out of it? Like, why does he have to get his friend out? Because he cares about him. Because that's his. That's his. Cause, yeah. Oh, I guess you can see it. Because that it's way. it's his friend, and yeah, why wouldn't you want him to stop? Like, you know, do something stupid. If you think your friend's about to do something really, really stupid. But they all knew what they want were doing. Him. Do they? But what <laughs> that, was he gonna do? That, that's I think stupid. the end. The entire third act is proving that they don't really know what will happen, and that they think this is like I a mean, cool I never project really got... that spirals and. Because if there was a, a NASA spy in oh, NASA, yeah. then that spy is gonna know that it's not a real launch. No, yeah, they don't tell. They no, don't but nobody tell knows it's a real launch. That's the, that's what. Yeah, they don't tell anybody. Yeah, but if that the only spy is like a knows. head. Head sub head, but, but he's he could not. be. Well, it's not. I just feel like there's some holes mm. in this film. Hard to argue with that, but <laughs> it's. I mean, overall, it's just like a fun movie, right? That's the main goal of this. But then you get into like, but it's but it also channels so much of that paranoia that I kind of dig. It feels at points it kind of reminds me of Coppola's The Conversation in just terms of just who's listening to who and like there's. You know, people behind the scenes. It's the only good use. I think this is only like he earned himself playing Fortune. That must have cost like the whole budget. (laughs) Yeah, that's insane. A lot of money, right? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Such a good, such a popular song. Still good. Yeah, and to put it over such like a con. Um, I love how like in the end, like yeah. He com- it confirms that they use his film, I guess. Like I like how they leave it just ambiguous enough, just enough, because he like you don't you don't see the footage, you just hear the voices and you see him look at the camera. Like like the very large frame of the film is him like looking at the like. You know the only part that I found unintentionally funny was the part where he's like, "You should say something like uh, leap, like the leap." <laughs> I was like, "That's okay." Worst, <laughs> but otherwise, I mean, it was a cool idea. Yeah. Um, his the director's previous film, I believe, is which is mm-hmm. completely set in like Ontario. I'm I'm sure it's about them. It's about him and the, it's him and the friend, his friend Owen. The same exact same cast, exact same like setup, and they're uh, and they love making movies. There's there's two like there there are two kids film like film nerds who who are being bullied, and they try to make their own little movies with you know lots of references. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this. It's a love letter to cinema, and also like this, the third act gets mm-hmm. starts getting real. Um, mm-hmm. It ends with a school shooting. Wow. In his previous film, <laughs> yeah. So it starts. It's always start. His films always start out. As 
as something and then spirals into something a bit darker towards the end. Um, I find that very, very fascinating. And his previous film, he made it for $10,000. So proving that you can do anything. I mean, you anything can. can be you don't anything need is much to make a film. It's, oh, another thing I want to mention is that this is a f film that he, the director, I, I saw this interview with the director where he talks a lot about uh, the Free Use Act, these new free use uh, laws, fair use laws that allows him to use like, you know, like the stock footage for, ah. like, to set up the 1960s stuff. Um, I find that to be very interesting because like it's a resource that young, mm -hmm. young film filmmakers should definitely leverage or new filmmakers should mm -hmm. definitely leverage. Because yeah, because and he said that you know you could have made this, you couldn't have made this movie legally twenty years ago, but you can now because of fair use laws, and you can you can, you can forego copyright if you go like, oh, this is a parody. Or so I could like say that. this is a parody and use like news footage and stuff, or what? Well, it's about the intent. I'm trying to think of. What, I'm trying to see what is is his justification. Is they're not going to. I mean, it's a great asset. I think pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they just managed to find loopholes. Like they have good, they have a good team of lawyers who mm. managed to find like you can use this because of this this fair use law, and you can put this in the movie, and that's what he did. And I love blend. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like metafiction. He's blending in his own creations with. He's blending himself into history. Literally, I thought you know, it, wouldn't you? Yusuf, if you if you made a movie, which period mm. would you embed yourself in? Probably the the same period he's he's doing he's working in. Yeah, I think it would be. The 60s. The most fun. Yeah. I mean, costuming-wise and <laughs> all that stuff, I think it, there's a lot of color and uh, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Michelle, would you go back to the silent era? What if I was in the film or in reality? Yeah, if you're in a film. If you're making a film and you can put yourself in it like him, he does in, in this movie. It would be Michelle yeah, and Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Mr. Chaplin, I never do this. Can I get your autograph? <laughs> would you go would you Yusuf would you go and chill out with uh, Polanski if you were back why would no. anyone do that and if you did you like know. shoot him or you redirect him when he's about to rape 12, 12 year old and not like, for his sake for the time yeah Roman no please let me you watch your movies without feeling so awful afterwards yeah. You're about to do something very terrible. Honestly, he seems like a horrible person just reading about the stuff he did to Sharon Tate yeah. as well. But uh, you know who I would probably 60s, 60s person. Please don't say Charles. I'll hang out with. No, I I was thinking filmmakers. Uh, who who I would go talk to? I don't know who's yeah. active then. How Ashby. Spielberg, Fellini, Spielberg, yeah, probably. Fellini. Well, Spielberg's like a kid. Like, I'll, I'll probably like nice chill with Fellini. Yeah, Bergman maybe. I'd have a great Bergman time. Seems I like don't a... know enough about except the one movie we watched. So I'd be like, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> I watched the one movie. Uh, yeah, there has to be more '60s directors. I don't know why I can't remember. It has to be more 60s directors. Wasn't, wasn't Coppola already active in the 60s? Yeah, probably. It probably was. Um, would you hung... Would you... Would you... The Graduate? Mm, yeah. Would you hang out with... Uh, oh. Ah. All the Spaghetti Westerns. Would you look over Godard? Good. Oh, Mike yeah. Nichols, Sergio Leone. Yeah, Mike Nichols would have been awesome. He was also like a big... Uh, How about... Mm -hmm. uh, improviser and theater guy, so there would be a lot of. Would you hang out with Godard? Mm -hmm. Godard's pretty active by then. Like French New Wave has fully yeah, taken off in the sixties. Maybe. <laughs> He's still working today. That's yeah. crazy. Too. Shall we call it a mm -hmm. 
first half of the podcast. All right. Finn. All right, Finn. Finn. No, it's half Finn. Finn. Here's the second. Shark Finn. Half Finn. Finn. Well, intermission. Okay. <laughs> intermission. This is when we all get. <laughs> yeah. But not in a soup. Never have shark but Finn soup, soup. Like you're a monster. You hear that? You hear that, listeners? We'll hunt you down. All right. Okay. We'll come back. Let's see you guys. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Seventh Reel. Now, due to the fact that this film is released in 2016, our dear uh, guest star, Roger Ebert, would not be able to, or was not able to offer a word on this particular piece. But uh, we're gonna, so we're going to move on to our next segment. What, uh, what have we watched which is, uh, this week? We should come up with a better title for this segment. Yusuf, what have Michelle, you watched this week? do your magic. Make up a new segment title. What we ate this week. Okay, what we ate <laughs> And then we had to describe like the media that we consume this week in like in the way of in like by way of like food. Mm, that's uh, too much work. Yeah, I uh, let's just stick to. <laughs> you can be like this film was like a mashed potato. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, oh, I didn't mean oh, this. You film. meant like just <laughs> a movie in general. I just meant yeah, I don't. I know. Mashed potatoes are good, I don't like okay. That. I watched uh, one episode of The Boys, and I did not enjoy it. And then I tried to watch uh, Justice League. I don't know what it is. I tried watching a bunch of superhero stuff, and none of it worked. Like, I was just like, ugh. Because yeah. it's over. It's dead. Yeah, Let it I go, guess I, please. I'm clinging to something. I agree. Because you know, like, how mm-hmm. with the, the Westerns, they, everyone got so fed up with them, they didn't make them for 30 years. I cannot wow. wait for that. I've been waiting <laughs> for this day for five years, but we don't make superhero yeah, films for 30 years. Yeah, eventually people are going to get, like, too, you know, it's just going to be, like, the too much. I think Disney is overplaying their hand with, like, the TV shows mm-hmm. and the, the movies and, like, everything else. I'm, at mm-hmm. one point, they're going to hit, like, a point of diminishing returns, I'm, and I hope that happens. Well, there's just so much. It's like, you have to start from the beginning, kind of, to understand it. Or just make something that's interesting, but here's, It's not like, interesting. It's all the same story over and over again with a different person. Well, is that, that's, but that's a the point. Power. Like, that's in, just right, from their Stop perspective, trying to it's justify gotta be, it. It's got to be... Okay. It's got to be Wait, franchisable, so... is that, if that's the word. Well, it's not McDonald's. Well, it is, but that's the model. It's the same model. Yeah, but why don't they be like the Philippines, Mm -hmm. where they have spaghetti Mm -hmm. in their McDonald's? Mm -hmm. You know, surprise me. Make a superhero movie with spaghetti. Yeah. Well, they are getting like the Nomadland director to get off the Eternals. No, that's so I don't know what the. That's they always do that. That's gonna look. Well, they sold out. Yeah, they get like they always do that. It's so annoying. And then make him make Godzilla just so they can control him. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly, and they destroy, and then they destroy their careers, and like I think any like artistic motivation was, hey, and then again we don't know what we're talking about. If um whatever their name is, guy who made Cop Car and then made Spider Man. If you're doing great, good on you. But I doubt the, the directors of Captain Marvel, they did Mississippi Grind. So they do, they pick Sundance favorites. That's not some trend I notice. I don't know if they're happy with what they got. I don't know if Scott Derrickson, who started off doing like shower films like Sinister and then did Doctor Strange, is like living it right now because either you make too much money and you want to do more and they won't let you because it didn't make enough money in their eyes or mm-hmm. I don't know, you just don't do a good, good enough job, I said, I suppose. You said, what did you think of the 10 minutes you saw? I mean, it watched felt like I... Yeah, it was Wasn't five it minutes. five minutes? It was... Uh, I, what happened? Oh, I okay, so it, I saw the scene with Wonder Woman where she goes... <laughs> 
to a bank to save a bunch of people blows up the wall to yes, kill yes, one yes. guy and then inspires a young yeah. wo- a girl yes. which was ridiculous she was like can i be like you and i'll grow up and then wonder Woman was like you can be anything you want to be and it was it just felt like a slap in the face like i was just like I'm, how dumb do you think i am and then and also like no because sexism exists yeah but it just i know <laughs> exactly like... i love your impression of her accent did you know all the amazonians in the movie have to have that stupid accent because gal gadot can't be bothered like <laughs> they, they can't change her accent yeah, so everybody no. has to act around her it's ridiculous also she is yeah i'm surprised, the worst I'm surprised at the level of... <laughs> she is so bad she is so 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 bad she's okay in action sequences but whenever she has mm-hmm. to open her mouth like, I'm, I'm, like i really am surprised vacuum. that she's who they chose for her role like it's a pretty big role yeah, yeah i guess you don't need to car- but like uh, look yeah. at like um i don't know um captain marvel or or yeah or amy i wish amy adams, adams like they're good them. actresses actors i wish amy adams actors. was oh my god yeah they could have picked some yeah. yes actresses Very. is being phased out apparently how do you feel about that michelle do you want it to be at say actresses or do you want actors <laughs> i don't care just don't be sexist pigs it's easy i mean the way it was explained to me was that you don't say like she's an engineeress or something yeah that's true you know what that's true that's very very true just call it as as it is Uh, an actor but why does why does it have to go to actor why does it have to go to the male one why can't men no no actresses exactly that's a good point (laughs) yeah it is or as uh (laughs) they say in in 30 rock actor that's the The same camera camera what okay no no <laughs> no no michelle has never seen uh, okay, okay. We, we can't convert her we gotta we gotta do it we gotta do it at the same time yusuf all right we gotta we gotta <laughs> <It's> <laughs> uh but that's it that's all i tried to um, no that's all i've seen i honestly don't get boys? it I, I, everyone kept telling me yeah yeah <laughs> stupid title don't know what it's about don't really care it's title like i mean that, it's exactly interested. what you would think it is after watching the trailer like it, it yes it's exactly what you think like a a a, a very straight face like take on this what a, what they what a corporate big corporation would think with yeah, subversion like of superhero cool, drama, like, but I, I don't want to see something because it's cool <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah, and also you don't give a shit about superheroes in the first place, so like, I think most of the show will be like completely because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just about that. It really is just about that. They kind of dive into like our contemporary view on reactionary pop culture a little bit mm-hmm. in season two, can, and that is kind of interesting. However, it's, so it's I, yeah, it's 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 not as good as it's everybody not says. Worth I like the like actors and stick it talented, out, but like that's about it. I need something post. <laughs> Yeah. Better call I was gonna watch Breaking Bad, but mm-hmm. then I decided it would be way cooler if I wait for the last season of Better Call Saul. Watch that and then watch. I think. When's I it coming? When's it coming? Either filming it now or done filming, but probably in like the end of this year. So if I watch the end of that and then I start see, Breaking Bad, it would be like a continued like. So it'd be cool. So I'm not gonna watch that. <laughs> so. 
that's it. That's been what I'm not going to watch this week. And uh, Michelle, what have you seen? I've been re-watching mm. The Great. What is The Great? With Al Fanning. Ah. It's Catherine The Great. Oh, yeah. With Nicholas Holt, yeah. right? I think it's really fun. It's pretty good. I remember it pretty, pretty I good. I enjoy it. So this is a I comedy recommend drama it. series? It's like a comedy. Um, it's written. What? It's like, it's, it's like the favorite. It's the same writer. Yeah, it's a, the favorite, yeah. It's the same writer this as the favorite. This sounds awesome. So basically oh the favorite as a TV show. A lot but it's in oh, Russia. Awesome. It's it's. I think they lean into the romance a little bit too much, and that kind of graded me. But uh, I like. Well, no, I mean they go into it because she's like naive. Yeah, because it's important to her. You, you know what? Yeah, that's and, you're right. Because it's it's part of her character arc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Elle Fanning's good in this, and Nicholas Holt and is it, also very I good mean, in this. I mean, it's not completely mm-hmm. historically accurate, but some of it is surprisingly like I did not realize that she started a coup mm. against her own husband, but she yeah. did, and she succeeded. And she had to get. Stanley Kubrick's so, yeah. help to do it. <laughs> but this sounds awesome. This I will definitely watch. Oh, nice. Yep. Good. <laughs> Arvin, what about, what about you? I didn't do watch much this week other than this film. I was mostly just working. But I did play a video game, and Yusuf, I want to talk to you. If, if, if I, can, I think this is finally a game I can recommend okay. to you, and you will play without without hating me and getting bored and getting stuck. You might get very sad. It's uh, <laughs> yes, because that's that, but that's kind of why I think you'll like it. Uh, it's called Disco Elysium. It is a role play a, a, a role playing mm-hmm. detective. It's a detective role playing game. All right, and I think and the way and before you even do anything, because it's like it's kind of based on like Dungeons and Dragons. You know how like. Like when you play Dungeons and Dragons, mm. you create a character, and those characters have stats, right? And those stats in like traditional D and D would be like as agility and athleticism and uh, one-handed combat or whatever. But in but in this game, it's all has to do with various functions of your psyche, your different facets of your emotions. So you have empathy, you have authority, and you have uh, something called Inland Empire. So if you put a lot of stats into Inland Empire, yeah. your character will gradually become insane because he, you're 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 constantly the more points you put into specific facets of thought the more of those thoughts will intrude everything you're doing because the entire game is just having conversations with people doing actual investigation detective work but if you're a detective who is going slightly insane it might lead you to some like you might come up with some completely off kilter observation but it almost just becomes intrusive um, you might just come yes be like Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, in, or if you're too much, it. exactly, exactly, in an empire. Yeah. Hence, but if you're too much of a logic person, you're completely devoid of empathy. You can't understand people. You just complete. You yeah. just become obsessed with getting into arguments, and you put too much like points into rhetoric. So, it's logic, encyclopedia, rhetoric, drama, authority, suggestion, inland empire, and volition. Like these, this, these are the names of the stats. And each of these stats is vo- uh, is is a voice inside your head, and the and the voices inside your head would argue with each other as to what you should say and do. At the same, and it's great. I I love it so so what, much. What it's probably one of the best on? thing I've played in a very long time. It's on it's on your computer. So you can get it on your computer. And the recent update has Whoa. made every single line is voiced. So it's like reading a book. It's like a it's like playing through a a wonderful audio book that just happens to have images combining with it. You don't have to be good at video games to do to to get through this. Mm. You can and it's the writing, and it makes me so sad because all I can think of when I was playing is like, oh my god, 
like video games writing could have been this good this whole time but instead we're obsessed with you know blowing people's heads off and you know making huge fucking empty worlds that nobody gives a darn about so yeah that's my recommendation my what i watched and my recommendation this week is disco elysian the final cut has just been released and i recommend everybody play it it's also very sad and will probably make you want to see and let me just, I, 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 I know I've already gone on for too long, but just let me just draw an example of what happens if you, so um, when it's at certain parts of the game, if you really had to make a difficult decision, it's a skill check. It's a roll of the dice based on how much stats, how much point, how many points you build, put into your stats. So at one point you had to intimidate a union, a rowdy union mob into becoming complacent. And if you fail that death, a dice roll, what your character will do instead is to grab your partner's gun and stick it in your mouth and to as a desperate mad like like manic attempt at trying to justify your authority and the game will then because i put too many points into authority the game will then let me give give me the choice to pull the trigger and kill myself and while every character around you are just completely horrified by what you're doing but you couldn't help it because this is the sort of character i made yeah play it it's the best thing i've I've, I've encountered in a very long time there you go Uh it's not very hard i don't think it's very hard it's 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 not like reflex or anything. No, it's nothing like that. It's you're just walking around mm-hmm. trying to have conversation, having conversations with people, very well written conversations, mind you, that set. And you're in this kind of alien world, but however, it's so deeply ingrained in politics and personal trauma. And this is, I, I, you know how like there's there's this huge backlash towards like games, including anything political, but this, this is a game that completely is like no person, your personal arc, your personal emotions are inherently tied to your mm-hmm. political ideology and you can choose to be yeah it's great i don't want to give away too much but okay, I, I, I would highly recommend it and uh we uh we still have to recommend something yes oh mm-hmm. i i recommend the apollo 11 documentary uh, that came out in 2019 remember we saw that or uh, which that was really, yeah that was really good and always refers to it made us feel like idiots really boring thing we <laughs> watched <laughs> but I enjoyed it a lot, and it's uh, it's the real thing. It's what happened. Yes, I love yeah. how we both went came out of. We watched it at Lightbox, right? We both came out and go like, "Wow, I never realized the actual science and physics physics that goes into." And we're like, "Oh wow, we never put yeah. that together." Well, it's like, it's got a lot some of work. awesome footage that I had never seen. I was blown away. Yes. Uh, what about you? What about it's amazing. What about you, Michelle? I recommend. Invasion oh, of the Body Which one? The, oh. the, the 50s one? Because it's the actual oh. Cold War. Ah. Oh, yeah. Because no one knows if they're That's... like the real person or not, and people just lose their mind. But the Donald Sutherland one is pretty good, too. So. Mm. What about the Nicole Kidman remake? I didn't see that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, there is. It's called mm-hmm. the, uh, the Invasion or something like that. Or... It's the exact same story. Well, as usual, the original uh, is the best. <laughs> that is true. Except for stuff like maybe The Blob. Maybe. I think also that's this case where the remake is better. What? Or Suspiria. Yeah. Anyways. What, what do you recommend? I want to recommend... I'm trying to think of something that kind of fits this mold. Eh, I'll just recommend Nirvana the band the show. If you kind of enjoy the humor of this film and you want to see more of like his... Because his love for mm. filmmaking is also very, very evident in Nirvana the Man to Show and I kind of like it because it's comforting to see him run around in Toronto <laughs> yeah. that's like not under lockdown <laughs> yeah and the entire premise is just him trying to like trying to book a gig in the Reveille <laughs> it's crazy 
So dumb. Yeah, that will be my recommendation. Which brings us to our next week's pick. Yusuf, Yusuf, Yusuf. <laughs> next what week, do you join recommend? us, we'll be watching. Uh, we'll be talking about Blue Steel. It's uh, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, directed by Catherine Bigelow. 1990. This is, we we need to get more into women director films. So far, we only did Coppola, right? Sofia Coppola. Yeah, there's only been Yusuf recommending this. So so I really proud. appreciate that, Yusuf. Yes, I really do. I really do so as well. After my next one, because my yeah, next one yeah, is very time appropriate. So I will one. do a female. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Excellent. Well, in that case, thank you very Keep much, ladies real. and gentlemen, for tuning in. Yeah. I hope you've all had a good week. Keep it real, boys. Bye. <laughs> we need. I still. Okay, I, we're real. You know what? I'm gonna start adding some. We need to add. Add. We need to add some like music at the end. Finn. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for the seventh reel. Toodaloo. The seventh reel is hosted by Yusuf Elbashir, Michelle Hassel, and Marvin Wong. Logo created by Show Conti, and theme song composed by Yahya Elbashir. Thanks for listening.